Hey, and happy Saturday. It's me, Martine, and today we wanted to bring you a special bonus episode of Post Reports. So you might recall a recent conversation on the show where my co-host, Alahe Azadi, spoke with Michelle Singletary. Michelle is a personal finance columnist for The Post, and she has a new project called Michelle Singletary's Money Milestones. And what she told Alahe is that young people sometimes get a bad rap for not being on top of their finances. We often talk about the younger generation in disparaging ways. You know, like they don't want to really work. They want to retire early. You know, they're overspending on avocado toast. And that's just not been my experience working with young adults, including my own young adults. They are very serious, many of them, about their money. And they don't want to make the mistakes that they see older adults do who are crying and whining and worrying because they didn't develop develop good financial habits in their 20s. So Michelle and her kids are on the same page about wanting to be responsible with their money, but they don't always agree on exactly how to do that. And that's what they're exploring today. From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Martine Powers. It's Saturday, February 4th. And on this bonus episode, we are bringing you a conversation between Michelle Singletary and her daughters, Olivia and Jillian. Olivia and Jillian are both in their 20s, and they sat down with their mom to talk about how they think about their finances as young adults. No matter what age or stage you're at, this conversation will offer you some really important wisdom about saving and about how to talk about money with the people that you love. We're walking people through how to handle their monies in their 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s and so on. And so I wanted to have this conversation with the two of you because your dad and I were very intentional um, in your upbringing to try to teach you about money at an early age and set expectations for you. I was actually talking to you, Jillian, about like the different stages of adulthood And I think, like, college is probably, like, stage one. And then, like, post-college first job situation is, like, phase two. I would say in your phase, you're in phase three. And I would say I'm in phase two, like, just starting my first job. I graduated in May. I'm very early in the adulting stage, which I'm I'm glad to be because adulting Mm -hmm. is for the birds. Mm -hmm. Can we just go back to the adulting question? Because that's a that's a new kind of term for me, adulting. And you guys mm-hmm. say that a lot. So when you say that, you often say, I hate adulting. What do you mean by that? Let's start with you, Olivia. I mean, just all of the things that come with being responsible for yourself, you know, financially, but then also just, like, keeping yourself fed and clothed and, like, clean is annoying like you're just just like I have to eat again you know (laughs) like I have to wash laundry again like it's exhausting like you know when you're a kid other people do that for you I would say more of what scares me about adulting is that there's no like laid out path Mm, like something coming out of college that was hard for me was like up until that point I knew exactly what I was supposed Mm -hmm. to do next and when you're an adult I feel like everything is just in the wind so Uh I like the independence I just don't like not having like the safety net of like knowing what's next do I want to stay at this job do I want to move to a different state do I want to stay in the area I'm like it's all just big question marks and that's what about adulting freaks me out 
Well, let me give you just a, an example. So uh-huh. we go out to dinner. Uh-huh. Uh, and the check comes. I don't see either of you reaching for that check, Livia. Is that what we're talking about? Oh, like, that's what you mean. I mean, I just think sometimes, you know, it 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 feels as but if— But that's not a just a us thing. Like, when we go out to family dinners, like, you don't expect your sister to pay or, you know, our cousins to true. pay. Like, you have a very generous spirit. That's and true. so I think, who am I that's to true. deny you? <laughs> that's very true. That's Acting on that generous spirit. Is that right? Yes. And also, I know you told me not to bring it up. Oh my but goodness. In my personal instance, Olivia has had five more years oh my of goodness. free dinners than I have. If you're going to stop paying for her, that's fine, but you need to pay for me until I'm her age to make it equal for all. Okay, we're going to move on. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think I'm so. Sorry. So, um, you're living at home. Yes. Uh, and there's a big controversy about whether adults should live at home or mm-hmm. does it stunt their financial um, maturity? Um, mm-hmm. And so I wondered if you could talk a little bit about living at home and mm-hmm. what that means. And do you feel it stunts your ability to grow financially? No, I think it enables it because— when I'm at home, especially in the setup that we have, because I know some people have it different where they live at home and they pay rent, but I'm not paying rent. Because of that, I'm able to save really aggressively. Like I have kind of a five-year plan and like buy a new car and buy a home. And if I'm able to do that, then I will have gone into adulthood never having to rent. So I don't necessarily think that it like stunts my financial maturity or, or growth. I think that it helps it out a lot. What about you, Jillian? I would say no also because I feel like, mm-hmm. but like I have a plan and also we have conversations about that plan and what the next steps are in terms of moving out. So it's not like, you know, I'm coming home and I'm like not doing anything. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about growing up under mm-hmm. the Michelle Singletary, personal so finance columnist now. of okay. the Washington Post. What was it like growing up with a financially savvy mom and dad? Mm-hmm. Uh, did you think I was being too cheap? Okay, so cheap is not the word that I would use. As a child, it's hard to understand, especially because we were in, like, private schools and stuff. Hard to understand why, like, all the other kids got the new shoes who were mm-hmm. at the same financial level, and I was having you sit there and Gorilla Glue my shoes back together. I know you are cringing that I brought it up, but yes, I'm still bitter, I'm and actually, I will be bitter she's forever. Be proud of that story. I will be. No, she just wins. I, I will be bitter forever. That story. See, she's proud. Are you of serious? It. I'm very well, proud yeah. of that story. Well, tell them the tell them the story. Tell your version, and then I'm going to tell my all, version. All, my version is the truth. I was in, what was I, in like 7th or 8th grade, and my shoes started to have the soles come off two weeks before the the last day of school. And so mother decided that she was going to gorilla glue my soles back onto my shoes. And then, of course, the next day I had P.E., and I was, like, doing my best, being my athletic self, and then the whole sole, like, slipped off and fell off my shoe. And then for the last two weeks of school— Everybody called me Gorilla Glue. And so in that scenario, it did Mm -hmm. come off as being very, like, not even really cheap. I would say there's, like, a level below cheap that I don't know (laughs) what the name is for it. But, like, that moment. But sometimes it felt like that. Sometimes it felt like you were trying to make us aware that, like, we didn't have all the money in the world. Okay, so the true version of the shoe story story 
was that it was actually more like two or one week before the end of the season. And you were growing so fast. And I didn't want to buy you a new pair of shoes that you wouldn't be able to wear in the fall. It made no sense. And these were expensive shoes. Why they were, were they special. Expensive? They were we like shopped $50. at Payless shoes. Okay, I don't no, no, no. They, they were, they were like the shoes that you had to get at a uniform store, which was like two or three times the cost of the Payless shoes. Sure. And so I didn't want to spend that money for just two weeks. And actually, there were several days that you wore before it actually came apart because it was a really hot day. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, but didn't it build character? Moving yeah. on. Uh-huh. <laughs> what's, the next, what's the next question? What's the next so, question? So, Olivia, did you feel oh. like you grew up under— um, You got more of, like, the punny jokes than I got. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want a North Face jacket, you're going to turn around, face, face north. north. <laughs> yeah. Didn't she used to make—because I didn't do this. Didn't she used to make you put together budgets for stuff? Like, if you wanted to go somewhere? Yeah. I remember that. Oh, yeah, there were, def- there were budgets. It was just, like, a, a hyper-awareness around yeah. money yeah. that I think— other Definitely other have, families didn't have or we other, other you know, kids that I was around didn't have. Did it make you feel bad? Because oftentimes people, I tell these stories, you know, mm-hmm. I speak a lot. And I tell these stories and people laugh. And then um, inevitably someone will say, did like it make— scar us? Did it like, scar you, like right? they childhood trauma that yes. we, like, unpack in therapy sessions? Yes. Um, at least you'll have the money to pay for the therapy <laughs> sessions. But I think I at first—at first I think it did— like, I felt othered in that way. I don't necessarily think I got bullied, but people definitely, like, noticed. noticed and yes. they would say things like, mm-hmm. oh, you're wearing high waters mm-hmm. or, you know, yeah. like. But then they would come to our house and be like, oh, you got right. it made. So there was, like, a, <laughs> a very big, yeah, there was a very big, like, what is happening with this right. family? So, <laughs> right. yeah. Well, because the house is really nice. Yes. Like, so there's, like, mm-hmm. certain things that I right. understand now that matter more that yeah. you were like, okay, so we're going to get, like, a nice house, like, nice vacations. But I think as I've gotten older, it doesn't bother me as much because I have a different relationship to like monetary things and I am able to I think save a lot more because I don't care about those things because I think I was forced into not caring about those things if I had still cared about them I would have been really unhappy and really upset and kind of angry and felt really insecure so then I had to kind of adopt this mindset of like oh well it doesn't matter why do you care what my shoes look like you know like I had to kind of come up with retorts like oh like your shoes suck like it doesn't matter what shoes I'm wearing like look at your grades or like you know like it's just like that yeah. back and forth who cares but you know yeah. I think I think um so you're not scarred no I'm not no, scarred I'm not and scarred. I think I mean it definitely built character a little bit <laughs> but I don't think I was I don't think I'm scarred or like I have any trauma over like the decisions you made like not to get me those shoes. I mean, the high waters, I feel like, was a little bit much, but, you know. Look, you could call them capri pants. And that's what you yeah. say. <laughs> the kids, the kids don't know what you capri can't. pants are, and so they would be like, mm-hmm. what are capris? <laughs> like, that was like a middle-aged woman sort of outfit, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> sure. The humor, the jokes was sort of a way to kind of, you mm-hmm. know, lighten it a little, lighten it up a little bit. I yeah. know I probably thought I was more funny than you guys did. Um, for me... Watching you guys handle your money, I feel like it was all worth it. The rolling of the eyes, Mm -hmm. the thinking that this woman is crazy. Which of my financial habits annoyed you the most? I would say that the financial habit that annoyed me the most growing up was eating out versus not eating out. And Mm -hmm. even when we ate at home, the choices and, you know, the freeze the food 
thaw it out mm, or the cut the mold or the off, cut of, the mold it. off yeah. of it or like, scrape the burnt pieces off the top like instead mm-hmm. of just going out and getting some more I'm not saying I would go to bed hungry but I would go to bed <laughs> I would go to bed lacking the satisfaction <laughs> of a good meal oh I, I feel like I lacked the satisfaction of a good meal a lot I do you're laughing but I'm serious I no, used I'm to laughing be like I'm, I used to be like what was funny. that when I got uh-huh. upstairs like it would be like canned green beans, dry chicken from Thanksgiving in February, <laughs> and, like, oh some burnt God. bread that was hard with, like, the crust, you know, cut off. I would be like, this was this was a, this was a fail. <laughs> so that's what I would say what annoyed. I mean, Can like, you let people know that you are actually exaggerating? No, I'm not exaggerating <laughs> at all. I'm sure if you went in our fridge now, you'd find stuff from Thanksgiving. I'm not exaggerating. Right. She no, freezes I'm, everything. I, well, no, like, the birthday cakes. Like, you right, froze. Right, exactly. That annoyed a me. A birthday cake. Yep, mm-hmm. One of the habits that annoyed me the most growing up was probably the phrases mm-hmm. that were said yeah. mm-hmm. repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And I know that they were attached to lessons yeah. that I use now. And so I do think, like you said, like, oh, it was worth it to kind of instill that. But just the constant, like, we don't got McDonald's money. Right. Or or is it a need or is it a want? Yeah. Or, like, just like, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's, you You guys are doing a great job. I love how different you are and how s- the same you are. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting over here. I have to tell you, I'm going to cry. Oh, boy. I'm, no, I'm very proud because I didn't want to ruin you. Right. And I wasn't sure that Uh all of my craziness would ruin you. I hoped that it wouldn't. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did want you to have a strong foundation in Mm -hmm. financial decision making, because that's really what you're talking about. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Not just the cost of stuff. And so it just makes me feel very proud that you guys have internalized that and you're shaping your financial life around those things. Can I add something, too? Uh-huh, sure. I don't remember specific things, but I remember, like, epiphanies that I have. And I remember the first epiphany I had that I was like, oh, I was more mature financially than my friends, is the first time I had to, like, I think, pay for my friend's meal um, because we had worked the same job over the summer. And she was like, how do you have that much money? And I was like, well, what do you mean? We worked all summer. And she was like, well, I bought a whole new wardrobe for school or whatever. And I was like, oh, I didn't do that at all. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you need me to get you? And she was like, yeah, that'd be great, actually. And then I think that was the moment I realized the small purchases started to not matter as much to me Mm -hmm. as, like, being able to comfortably get a meal without having to worry about, like, how much is this going to affect my bank account? Are you and your friends having serious conversations about home ownership, marriage, children? Do you still feel too young for all of that? Yes, I still feel too young for it, but we're having those conversations. You know, it's it is I'm of the age group now where people are popping up with husbands and wives and babies and I'm like, "Whoa." You know, like yeah. wait wait a second. Um, but I think growing up with kind of the mindset of thinking about the future as it comes to money. Like, I have, I guess, attracted friends who we were having these conversations, like, even in high school. Like, it was always mature conversations with my friends. And so I feel prepared for it. When did you realize fiscal responsibility was an important part of life and not just my job? When people were telling me the student debt they had, the loans they were taking out in college, 
Mm-hmm. I feel like that's when it hit me of like, oh, wow, we might be in the same place, but the decision you make financially drastically affect the things you can do, even though we're in the same life space or life moments. So for the two of you not having student loan debt compared to your huge. friends, yeah. is that In huge? high school, it's into, into, into yeah. college, I would say that was a huge moment of like, oh, okay, I'm going to be very much on the more fortunate side of this because of the financial mm-hmm. background that our family has. Yeah, I guess I would put say around college. Yeah, the start of and college and stuff. Having like that. also college was the first time that I was out of the house on my own and was making financial decisions that you weren't aware of, like that I wasn't, right. you know, yeah. home for you to them. see things. Um and so having conversations with people about the debt that they were taking on, I felt very fortunate to just be able to make those decisions without having to deal with the financial stress and burden. Do you feel comfortable coming to me for financial advice? Yes. It depends. (laughs) I would say it depends for everything. Like I said, I think I'm in that more sensitive stage of like not wanting as much Mm. advice as people are giving me because it's just coming from every which way. Sometimes I do need to just filter it out and I decide that this is something that I need to either do successfully on my own or fail on my own, but either way, I'm going to do it by myself. Mm -hmm. But in general, when it comes to like, you know, which credit card do I get? Which insurance do I get? Then I would say, yeah. So, Olivia, I'm going to start with you. So it it took several months to get you to put money in your retirement account, you know, just I don't think that that's true. You don't think it's true? It's like no. you kept saying, why? And I and I brought you I a package took, of information, yeah, I didn't and you that. didn't read nothing. No, you just I said, I didn't pick, read the, pick what I'm supposed to put the money in. So what was oh, that all about? I think it wasn't necessarily that I wasn't going to put money in retirement. I think what I was pushing back on was the amount, amount. that you that's wanted me to I'm put into retirement. Yeah. And so it felt like a lot and it is a lot like I'm you know what is like 15% 15%, and so I was like "Mm," when I saw how much of that was coming out of my paycheck I was like oh wait a second when I was running the numbers I was like um I don't know about all that and so I think it for me thinking about it in the terms of like okay if I am super aggressive now what is this going to afford me in the future in terms of not having to spend so much of my life working that I can cut down on that earlier because I know that there's a lot of people out now who are having to go back to work or pushing off when they're retiring. And so to have that conversation put it in perspective for me, I was like, all right, well, then we'll do the 15. And then my, you know, self at 62 is going to be so happy with, you know, the choice that I made at 26. Um, So I think that was more what the conversation was. And it wasn't like, I'm just not going to retire because screw myself at 60. Like, I'm going to go to, you know, like, so I'm going to go to sister, Paris. Because she's dragging. I can't, no, I haven't got, I mean, why can't I get you to I'm, do it I'm yet? I'm settling into the idea of putting that much in. I mean, mine is more really of, like, the, the job that I have now and the, the systems of setting that up are what's holding me back. But I wouldn't say I have a huge thing against saving for retirement in the way that you're asking me to save. So you got to do the 15%. I mean, you, We'll talk about more because I want to do the calculations that she was talking about. <laughs> but, like, I'm not against it. Like, I've never been against it. Right. I, I understand the value and the importance of it. So, um, wrapping up, do you guys ever worry about taking care of Dad and I? No. Um, no. No. Just no. Not financially. Yeah, Right? No. We'll say 
Oh, yeah, sure. The logistics of that, I mean, that's a whole different podcast about, like, taking right. care of your parents. Taking care of your aging parent is the, a whole The financial aspect game. of it, absolutely right. not. That I don't absolutely worry about. Not. Well, wait a minute. Why are you not, not, are you not because worried? Because if you're as aggressive as, of a saver as you say that you are, you're not taking all of it with you. So, <laughs> I'm just saying that, like... It might be sour for a minute, but oh the, my you know, Stop. reap what you, okay, I'm sorry. Anyway. I, I, I did say that I wasn't going to say you that. You did okay, say that. I'm you sorry. Were gonna say, I'm sorry. I asked you in the car. So, I'm anybody sorry. listening, if something happens to me, <laughs> you, know, you know, have the police look into Jillian's whereabouts. <laughs> oh, gosh. But no, I don't worry about taking care of you when the two of you get older because not right. only not only do I know that you're being really financially responsible mm-hmm. and saving for your own retirement and and being and able you know to kind of that to take care right, of you the position that we're in with now, starting out yeah. with like not you know not having student loan debt like not having car payments that that will set us up to then have money to save so that if anything does happen to you or just kind of the natural progression of life of us having to take care of the two of you we won't be Strapped, and also it's also nice that I know that my siblings are doing the same thing. I know. I feel like we'll be pretty that evil. my siblings are also saving in that way, and so it won't. I'm pretty confident that we won't have to have those kind of conflict arguments or yeah. tensions around so. money, and that we can all say, okay, we can all contribute equally to the care that you need. Mm. That's good to know. I'm gonna keep y'all in the wheel now. <laughs> I mean, but that doesn't mean we're not gonna financially put it into a nursing home. So <laughs> you know, just, that's so just wrong. Keeping you humble. That's so <laughs> wrong. Bit. That's so Sorry. wrong. You know, my goal really is to have people be intentional about how they handle their money. I tell you, I'm just bursting with pride because mm-hmm. that is that is what you're saying that you have learned to be intentional about your money. This is like a a mission for me. Mm-hmm. It's not just a job. Mm-hmm. It's a passion. You know that. I live and breathe right. it. You know, it's like programs I do at church. It's like all mm-hmm. over. How do you feel about that? I mean, I think I really admire how much you and what you do helps other people who didn't grow up the way that I grew up. And I think that you have like a really big impact on people's lives because money kind of makes the world go around. Like there's a lot of tension, emotional strife. And so for me, I think that's what I am mostly excited about is that marginalized communities are getting this information and they're going to be able to help the people coming up after them. I know, right? It took coming into a podcast for me to give you all these compliments. <laughs> I know, right? Because y'all don't tell me none of this at home. Well, because at home, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's annoying, like, yeah. right? It's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> leave me alone. Like, I don't want to sit down at the end of a long day and talk about my retirement. <laughs> you know, like, it's, you know, it's not, you know, it's like, you're just like my mom. And so, like, sometimes it feels nagging. But then when you actually sit down and you realize the kind of long-term impact it has, it's like, okay, I'm glad we're having this conversation. But day to day, it's just like, you're my mom. And so it doesn't register. But, you know, when you do something like this and you really stop and think about kind of the impact of it, then you do have to kind of sit and say, like, no, this is pretty cool. Ditto. <laughs> you a mess. You well, a mess, I mean, really. You on time. Ditto. <laughs> That's great. Good job. Good job, sister. <laughs> Thanks, sister. Awesome. You don't have anything to add, Julie. No, I think she covered it. I think. I think we're good. That was Michelle Singletary, the Post personal finance columnist, talking with her daughters Olivia and Jillian. 
And that's it for this bonus episode of Post Reports. Thanks for listening. Today's show was produced by Charlotte Freeland. It was mixed by Sean Carter. And it was edited by Maggie Penman and Lucy Perkins. If you are looking for more financial advice, check out our show notes or go to postreports.com and you'll see a link to Michelle Singletary's Money Milestones Project. And if you enjoyed this conversation, please send it to a friend. That really helps our show. I'm Martine Powers. We'll be back on Monday with more stories from The Washington Post.